Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those interested in the big and small moments of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about post-it notes, a humble, plentiful office supply, and the best sticky square since the waffle. So, Michelle, what are you up to? Okay, um, I invented post-its. You're kidding. You must have made a fortune. Well, yeah. (laughs) No offense, Michelle, but how in the world did you think of Post-its? I invented a special kind of glue. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, then I'm sure you wouldn't mind giving us a detailed account of exactly how you concocted this miracle glue, would you? No. Um. The day was April 6th, 1980. Post-it notes were sold in U.S. stores for the first time. Also known as sticky notes, the small square pieces of paper each had a strip of re-adherable glue on the back. This allowed a post-it note to be attached to a document or other surface and then to be removed and reused later, all without leaving behind any sticky residue. 
Post-it notes caught on fast with American office workers and were later adopted internationally as well. Today, the little yellow squares are a fixture of office supply closets around the world, with more than 50 billion of them produced by the 3M company each year. But that office revolution didn't happen overnight. It may not sound like a revolutionary idea, but the special glue that's used in post-it notes really was a game changer. Although at first, no one knew it. The glue was first developed in 1968, a full 12 years before post-it notes made it to market. At the time, Spencer Silver was working as a chemist for 3M, a multinational conglomerate based in Minnesota. His job was to come up with new and better adhesives for use in various industries, but the results didn't always match up with their intended use. For example, when Silver developed the glue used in post-it notes, he was actually trying to create a stronger, more reliable adhesive for the construction of airplanes. Instead, he wound up with a weak adhesive, one that could be removed easily, while still remaining sticky enough to be reapplied somewhere else. The secret to that reusability was something Silver referred to as microcapsules, or microspheres. Little blobs of plastic adhesive that could be spread across a surface and then activated when pressure is applied. When you stick a post-it note on an object, some of those microspheres on the back of the paper come in contact with the object's surface and hold the note in place. Then, each time you unstick that note and attach it somewhere else, some of the remaining microspheres will take over for the used ones. Eventually, though, all the blobs of glue will either be used up or become so blocked by dirt and dust that the note just won't stick anymore. Luckily, you probably have a pad of a few hundred more to keep you going. Silver knew his glue wouldn't work for building airplanes, but he still thought it had to be useful for something. For the next several years, the chemists sang the praises of microspheres and even gave an entire presentation on them at a company seminar. But none of his colleagues at 3M saw much merit in the idea, so the microspheres went on the shelf, and Silver moved on to other projects. It wasn't until 1974 that a practical use for Silver's invention was discovered. It happened by chance when another 3M employee named Art Fry was looking for an efficient way to mark pages in his hymn book. Fry went to choir practice at his church every Wednesday evening, and he would bookmark the songs for that week with pieces of paper. However, by Sunday morning, all the slips would have inevitably fallen out. He considered using strips of tape, but removing them would have damaged the pages. Fry recalled that re-adhering glue was something Silver had talked about years earlier, so he asked if he could have some to use for bookmarks. Silver obliged, and after Fry applied the glue to the edges of some scraps of yellow paper, his hymnal troubles were over. Fry was so taken with the glue that he made more bookmarks and began using them to leave notes on files at work. Eventually, his co-workers started asking for bookmarks to use in their own offices. Fry whipped up a batch and pretty soon the staff was writing messages on the bookmarks and leaving them around the office. It was then that Fry realized they had stumbled on something big. He later recounted the epiphany, saying, quote, I thought, what we have here isn't just a bookmark, it's a whole new way to communicate. 
Now, it's worth noting that although Silver and Fry claim to be the co-inventors of the post-it note, and 3M backs up their claim, another inventor named Alan Amron says that he actually came up with the idea first. He sued 3M in 1997, claiming that he had brought his press-on sticky notes invention to the company back in 1974. 3M eventually settled the suit with a cash payment to Amron, but the company has continued to cite Silver and Fry as the true inventors of the product. It's unclear what exactly happened all those years ago, but it's conceivable that Amron brought a similar product to 3M the same year that Fry and Silver developed theirs. 3M ultimately rejected Amron's idea, just as the company initially did with Fry and Silver's. Eventually, though, 3M gave in and moved forward with the version of the product that had been developed in-house. Yet even with a clear practical use in mind, 3M wasn't convinced that a sticky stack of paper would actually sell. It took several more years of back and forth, but finally in 1977, the company agreed to test market Silver and Fry's product in four U.S. cities under the name Press and Peel Notes. Unfortunately, that campaign fell flat. Hardly anyone bought the product, and 3M quietly pulled it from shelves in early 1978. The disappointing sales seemed to reinforce management's view that sticky notes were not a winning idea. But by that point, much of 3M's workforce were firm believers in the product. After all, they'd used it themselves for years. This support was enough to convince the company to give it one last try. So in 1979, 3M rebranded the product as Post-it Notes and launched a plan known internally as the Boise Blitz. They sent large numbers of free samples to offices throughout the metro area of Boise, Idaho, and then waited to see how many companies were willing to pay for additional units. To 3M's shock, more than 90% of the companies given samples reordered the product. The results spoke for themselves, so on April 6, 1980, 3M released post-it notes nationwide. The following year, distribution was expanded to Canada and Europe, and later to just about everywhere in the world. In an increasingly digital world, post-it notes still hold their own on bulletin boards, files, computers, desks, doors, art installations, and probably even some church hymnals. Talk about staying power. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. 
Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, It'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.